What do you do when you don't know what to do? How do you react when you feel stuck? And what's stopping you from doing what you need to do in the first place? Hi, it's Che, and this is Roleplay Rescue. Che's gonna bring me back Plus one to attack. Oh, 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 I want to come back to the dice. Whoa, oh, 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 I think I need some good advice. I need a roleplay rescue. Oh, yeah. I need a roleplay rescue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Welcome, and thanks for listening. I've been really stuck recently. I've not been sure what to do or how to move forward in a number of areas in my life. In the run-up to Christmas 2021, just a few weeks ago, I was stressed out from work and I'd been experiencing panic attacks in the night. After one particular night with no sleep, I decided to take time out to recover. My doctor agreed with me and signed me off with a medical note. Having self-referred for some help, My therapist helped me to see that burnout was a big part of the problem. But, in truth, the feeling of being stuck has been around for a very long time. Probably, for most of my life, I've not known what to do, or how to move forward. Paralysis and a sense that I can't decide has crippled me more times than I care to admit. Through all of this, the kindness of people around me has been palpable and amazing to me. My wife, the doctor, the therapist for sure, but also friends and colleagues. In particular, one person sent me an email which made a far bigger impact than I could ever have predicted. That person is a listener and a reader of my blog. I want to share the message he wrote and I want to talk a little about the impact that it had. And from there... I have a few thoughts on how to unstick myself, and I'm hoping that you'll find some value in those ideas as well. Let's dive in. You've got mail. Hey, Che, just checking in again, almost a year later. Based on your latest blog post, When Confidence Sinks, I thought I'd share some resources that may be helpful in regards to depression. There's a million options out there, but I happen to believe in these people, much like Barbara Scher. Byron Katie, Loving What Is, thework.com. Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now. Marcus Aurelius, Stoicism. I'm not qualified to provide a guided tour of their teachings, but for someone who is looking for wisdom, there is plenty to find. Game on. John Shure. Thank you, John. I suspect you didn't expect me to share that email, so I hope you don't mind. It's such a generous message, although back when I first got it, I don't think I recognised it as the absolute gold it has proved to be. I thanked you for the email and wrote, quote, Two of those I have read and am familiar with, Byron and Katie is the new one, end quote. Well, John, what I did next is I ordered Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. There's a revised edition that was published in 2021, amazingly enough. And then I started to read it. 
And here's what your recommendation has done for me. The impact of John's email was that I bought and I started to read Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. And I started to read it about the same time as I began to receive some therapy. The two events have gelled together in a way that has been, frankly, profound. Of course, when I first picked up Katie's book, by the way, everyone just calls her Katie, but when I picked it up, I was suspicious and resistant. The subtitle of the book is Four Questions That Can Change Your Life. I'm usually pretty sceptical of claims about changing my life, especially from self-help gurus, but I trusted John's email. I had bought the book, so I figured I might as well start reading it. I actually skipped the introduction. It's by her husband, and I was pretty sure he'd be biased. I did go back later, but... I skipped the introduction, and I flipped to the beginning. There's a pretty bold statement on the page after the introduction. It's page XXXI, according to the pedantic bit of my mind. But let me read this bold statement from Byron Katie. The first thing I read. The work is merely four questions. It's not even a thing. It has no motive, no strings. It's nothing without your answers. These four questions will join any program you've got and enhance it. Any religion you have, they'll enhance it. If you have no religion, they will bring you joy. And they'll burn up anything that isn't true for you. They'll burn through to the reality that has always been waiting. Byron Katie As spurious as that sounds, it turned out to be true for me. I'm still reading the book, I've been taking it slowly and doing the work as I went, a little at a time, and what I discovered is that John's honest, generous email led me to a useful and rewarding set of tools. Like John, I'm not qualified to provide a guided tour of Katie's teachings, but for someone that is looking for wisdom, there is plenty to find. What I want to do next is talk about how Katie's four questions have begun to help me get unstuck. As usual, I began this episode with some questions. What do you do when you don't know what to do? How do you react when you feel stuck? And what's stopping you from doing what you need to do in the first place? I smiled when I read Katie's statement about I don't know being her favourite position. It's about as far from being my favourite as I can imagine, at least right now. So, what do you do when you don't know what to do? When does this even come up in gaming? Examples might help. I didn't know what to write about for this podcast, for starters, but then you might not be a podcaster. I often don't know what to do when I think about prepping for a game. This happened recently with all three of my games over Christmas and New Year. It's like my head has been emptied of all ideas, and all I can think about is, I don't know what to do. I also get this whenever I think about playing a new game. For example, when I think, I'd like to play a solo game, then the immediate reply in my head will be, like what? And then I think, I don't know. 
The more interesting questions are probably my follow-ups. How do you react when you feel stuck and what's stopping you from doing what you need to do in the first place? This is where Katie's inquiry method has proven helpful to me. Let's rewind back to my thought that I don't know what to write about for my podcast. I sat down and I wrote that out. I let my mind keep writing too, so I found out that I was also thinking some other things. I don't have anything to say. What I say is going to be stupid, and what I say has no value. It's worthless. And I used an exclamation point on that last one. It's trivial to make this more immediately relevant to gaming and prep because I realised that I have similar underlying thoughts to my feelings there too. I don't know what situations to prep for a misdemeanor game. I don't have any good ideas. What I prep is going to be stupid. What I prep has no value. It's worthless. There's that exclamation point again. What I prep has no value. Is that true? Yes or no? Just one word. Can I absolutely know that it's true? No. When I last ran a game with my prep, people told me that it was a good game. Some people even said they wanted to play again. They seemed genuine enough and I didn't have any reason to doubt them, other than my self-doubt anyway. So, no. It's not true. Therefore, it's a lie. How do you react what happens when you believe the thought that what I prep has no value? I feel inhibited. I feel stuck. I feel afraid and tense. My shoulders ache and my arms tingle with numbness all the way down to my hands. My mind starts trying to throw up suggestions and I dismiss them as useless, cliched and rubbish ideas. I start to panic. I want to avoid the game. I want to do something else. I might go and watch TV or go eat or hop online and look at social media instead. Who or what would you be without the thought that what I prep has no value? Closing my eyes and imagining myself in the situation but without the thought is a little odd at first. But without the thought, I think I would feel less inhibited and afraid. I would remember that sitting down and beginning is going to be more productive than not sitting down and beginning. I would feel relaxed and open-minded. I would sense the possibilities in the session ahead. I would consider the ideas my mind throws up and I'd not dismiss them so easily. So now the inquiry suggests that we turn it around. Take the statement and reverse it, turn it 180 degrees. What I prep has no value. Turn it around. What I prep is priceless? How does that feel? Does it feel as true or more true than the original? Yeah, it feels more true. What evidence do I have for that? Well, I have people telling me that they enjoy the games I run. I have players asking me to run another session. One game has gone 15 sessions and I felt that belief every single time I sat down to prep but the guys said they had a good time. So what if my prep is priceless? What if it's the prep that only I can do? It's unique prep 
no one else quite does it the same way with the same result i am after all me no one else gets to be me right and this prep is my unique priceless prep how does that thought feel well it feels a bit weird but it feels a lot better i feel a lot better so What's stopping you from doing what you need to do in the first place? For me, it's my thoughts. This kind of untrue thought that stops me from doing my prep or writing my script or writing a blog post. It's my thinking that causes me pain. So here's my suggestion. Question those thoughts. Are they true? Can you absolutely know that they are true? How do you react? What happens when you believe those thoughts? Who or what would you be without those thoughts? It's slow, but I'm beginning to discover that my thoughts are what's causing me pain and discomfort. I'm learning to inquire. I'm learning to challenge them. In doing so, I'm finding that my thoughts are often untrue. As for podcasting and not knowing what to say, well... I've decided to just say what's on my mind. Perhaps sharing my experience will help you with your experience, but either way, thanks for listening. So who's dropped into Anchor and left a message this week? Well, let's find out. HA, just listen to, is it Roleplay Rescue Season 10, Episode 2 maybe? You talk, you talk about the games you're going to run, and you play Minions Call at the end. Great episode. I'm glad you're able to run the games that you're interested in playing in. Too often people get stuck running games that their players want to play, but they're not that interested in. Or they get stuck playing in games that they're not that interested in, but their friends are interested in running. So it's great that you're able to run the things you're passionate about, and have the players to, you know, have the player support, so you have people to play in those games. Very cool. I'm happy for that, and I look forward to hearing how it turns out. So take it easy. And we'll talk to you soon. Hey there, Jason. Thanks for calling. And yeah, I think you're onto something here. Uh, I get very often in the past I got stuck in uh, two things really related to what you're talking about there. First of all, that idea that you said about being feeling stuck in a game, feeling like you're in something you don't really enjoy because I've been trying to please my friends. You know, uh, very often, I mean, for years, I would try and play D&D, for example, and, you know, I'd just lose interest very quickly and and move on. And I think that, um, you know, lots of reasons why I'd lose interest, but the biggest one is because I just simply wasn't interested in particularly playing D&D, well, at least not, for very long but the other thing was this sense of being stuck because of the ideas in my mind that limit me you know I've just been talking about really this idea that I aren't good enough and I would often start running something and then I would feel stuck in the sense of not knowing what to do next and you know largely convince myself that I, I wasn't able to sort of dig myself out of this mire and that would cause me to lose interest and then I would abandon the game so I think, yeah, two aspects there that are quite interesting to me, and thanks for bringing it up, really. Um, What's the solution? I guess on the one hand is being 
bold and honest enough with people to say I don't really want to do that well I want to do that but I don't want to do it for very long so I'd happily have a game of D&D maybe I'd play in a one shot if I was at a convention or something you know it wouldn't be a problem for me because there's nothing wrong with it but it doesn't hold my interest for very long in terms of a longer ongoing game um, but the second part of it is you know really challenging the thoughts that I have in my mind that are limiting me are causing me to want to shut down what I'm doing and what I found in my gaming is that especially with Mr. Mew, for example, which is, you know, 15 sessions down or whatever, um, it's it's been an effort every session to sit down and prepare. But the turning up, which I talked about last episode, and, and the kind of discipline of it really has kind of carried me through. And then that's got me to a place now where I'm able to start questioning the thoughts, the underlying thoughts that cause me to doubt my ability to run a great game. So I'm really grateful for all of those thoughts that have sort of coalesced together in, in recent weeks. I hope that uh, this episode has something for you as well, Jason. Thanks for calling. But I've got another call. I think Frank has something to say. Just finished listening to the latest Roleplay Rescue, the latest regular episode. <laughs> See what I did there? Regular episode. Anyway, I um, my curiosity has peaked. I need to know the way in which you created characters. I need to know everything, every little detail. All right. Thanks, Frank, for that. That was a great question. And there's actually a lot more to what Frank asked and um, kind of referred to in a moment. But to be clear, Frank is talking about the episode in which I talked about the Northern Isles game, the game which we've begun to play where the players don't know the rule system they're using and everything's behind the screen. All the dice rolls, all the rules, everything's behind the GM screen. And the players are just interacting. I say just. The players are interacting as player characters. They are in character and they are seeking deeper character immersion and otherworld immersion, which I've written quite a lot about on my blog recently actually as well frank is asking how to do do character creation and what was interesting is that we got into a conversation using telegram which is a social media app that we share and i ended up actually collating the conversation we had into a patreon special bonus for the five dollar patrons uh, which is available as secret fire episode 13 i think um, for anyone who's curious so i'm not going to answer frank's question here because i've kind of had that conversation with him and it's available for anyone who wants to know although i would warn you that the conversation obviously contains huge spoilers if you're actually playing in the northern isles or want to play in the northern isles um but yeah that was kind of the thing i think what i can say is that i've started to develop a process which has been inspired by a lot of different tools so it's a mix of things a mix of the stuff I've learned from Brian Jameson and his book Game Mastering, a mix of stuff I found from this particular game that I'm using, some great resources in there that really helped, and also from memories I'd had around playing the Ultima games online. At the beginning of the Ultima campaign, the the online game, one of the, I think it's Ultima 3 or 4, you would be asked, a bunch of situations would be put in front of you as a character, and you'd be asked to, in character, decide what you would do. And, and I was doing that with the players which was really rich for us and really exciting so 
what you, I guess is worth saying is that Frank and I are planning at some point to get online and I'm going to take Frank through that process so he can understand it. And um, perhaps down the line what I'll be able to do is once I've really distilled the process and what I've got as a tool, I'll share that, um, whether that uh, be an episode here or um, whether I put something together and put it out there um, you know, for people to download. I don't know at this stage. But if anyone's interested in the process like Frank is, then do let me know um, because it will spur me into getting on with it. And after that, I guess that's about all I've got today. Bit of a short episode, but I'm, I don't know, I'm quite happy that it's what I needed to say today. And thanks also to Frank and to Jason for calling in. And that's it for this week. Big thank you once again for showing up and listening. Thanks also to our callers today. If you have questions or comments, please feel free to call into the show via anchor.fm slash rpgrescue where you can click on the message button. I do especially enjoy hearing your questions. Finally, I'd like to say a big thank you to John from Tale of the Manticore for the theme music. I think it makes a big difference. Thank you, John. And that's it for this episode. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. See you again next time. Game on.